And welcome again to the Coach Jim McCauley Show, brought to you by RJ Rockers. I'm Jim Noble. Usually with Coach and I, we we don't really tell you when we're recording this show because people watch this platform at different times. But Coach, going to make an exception here. First of all, great to see you. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, always good to... Uh... Wake up in the morning after a win, that's for sure. Absolutely. And therein lies the backstory. Uh, We're recording this the morning after. One of the best wins I've seen in in my tenure here as broadcaster at Wofford, a a gutsy, gritty win over then-first-placed ETSU. So we're going to start go backwards a little bit. We've had four games since we last met on the coaches show, uh, and each one has been a pretty wild story each and of itself. But – Let's begin with a big home win over ETSU. Uh, you spot them a 15-point lead and things are looking bleak and you never know how a team is going to respond, especially in the context of the last couple of games before that when Wofford had been up big and then squandered a lead. But 24-9 to at one point, what's going through your mind in that first half? Yeah, I, I really told our guys we tried to be be as composed as we could because I knew with with a couple starters down and uh, a couple guys got heavy mileage right now that uh, we took a couple knockout blows early. It, it was a heavyweight fight, and they came out right at the ding and hit three straight threes from deep, and you could see that staggered us a little bit. And I just remind them in boxing terms, we got to just stick and move, jab and move, and stay with it, and over time – We'll be all right. And uh, you could see the things that you, you have to choose to do in a basketball setting like that in any game, let alone a really competitive physical game like that. You got to block out. We weren't blocking out to begin with. Uh, we weren't, we were step slow. You know, we, we weren't valuing the ball, but uh, credit to our guys. They, they stuck with it. And uh, sure enough, as the game wore on, we got more and more committed to those things. On the broadcast, Tom Henson and I were saying when it was at that point, and then you started to kind of get your feet a little bit. You're really just hoping to, to really get it to single digits by halftime. You did a lot more than that. You went on a 15 0 run of yourself. And it was, even though they hit a couple of buckets before the halftime buzzer would Sloan there, it's, it's a five point game at at halftime. You got to be feeling good about yourselves going to the locker room or were the, were the guys still a little ticked off? Yeah, if you remember, it was 24-9. I'm sure the fans do remember. Uh, I sure <laughs> did. Uh, Ryan hit a big three off a baseline out of bounds, and I thought that kind of got us some life. You know, we had missed some open shots. Shots weren't falling. That's happened from time to time. But you remember, Jim, you know, in, in, in games past, if that's happened, that's kind of hurt us moving forward. And that was just the opposite, I thought. We got more committed defensively. And we, we, we did hear their other, the other team was kind of starting to bicker at each other and things were easy for them early. And as they walked in the locker room, our guys are saying they're, they're arguing with each other. We got them right where we want them. So to your point, they got more committed. They got more confident as the game wore on and certainly shots helped with that, but it's gotta be the recipe defense to offense for this ball club. And, uh, 
boy, they were really good with that in the second half. Yeah, absolutely. It's wild. You've got guys playing out of position. We've talked often about positionless basketball, but boy, that's really been forced on you with the current situation. You don't have, you know, uh, Sam Godwin. You're without Morgan Safford. You know, I think you pointed out in our post-game interview, um, Max Klesman, who makes his first collegiate start, was a point guard in high school, and he's playing the four and battling for rebounds. And the contributions from B.J. Mack with those two huge threes late. Trey Hollowell with some huge timely baskets. Storm Murphy is Storm Murphy. And I'm probably leaving about three or four guys out too. But just the grit and the toughness as you pull away down the stretch against one of the most physically talented teams uh, in the Southern Conference, despite the changing cast of characters in that team, Jason Shea has some real athletes on that team. It's got to be one of the most gratifying wins of your tenure. Yeah, you mentioned it earlier. It was a gutsy win. And, you know, that game's for grown men to play in. You know, you got to be a grown man to, to want to play in that. You know, go through some adversity. Uh, things aren't going your way. Calls aren't going your way. Some shots aren't falling. We turn the ball over. They're banging shots. You got to be a grown man to step up to the plate and respond like we did. And that's what we were talking about for the last 24 hours with our guys and uh you know uh we got tough dudes in the locker room you know that gym and they they love playing with each other and um you know and for each other for the right reasons and uh thankfully uh they did that last night and we'll continue to do that well it was a 67 62 comeback win you hold a team that dropped 112 or so on citadel a couple of days before to to 62 you've now dealt three teams in the conference their season low in points it all starts with defense I, I know the the big buckets down the stretch get all the highlights and twitter things but if you don't play defense for Wofford and this goes back to the other games we'll talk about the the three and one stretch that we're coming off of uh, I think the Mercer game's a, a great example of that I think the Western Carolina win a great example of that if you don't play defense you don't play for Wofford yeah you can't you can't you can't you gotta be tough and you gotta be committed to that end and uh those banners hanging behind you there uh, were, were founded on defense and rebounding. And, you know, I'll be honest with the, with the fans and, and everyone listening, those, those numbers are slightly improving our defensive field goal percentage defense, but we're still third in the conference right now. That's not our goal is to be the number one defensive team. We've got to guard the three-point arc better. We didn't start the game doing that, and we've got to rebound better. Uh, you know, no one really cares that we're, we're without two guys. We've got to figure out a way to block out as a gang and uh, come up with those scrappy rebounds. And Max Klesman, a few guys certainly did that, but we'll have to be even more committed to that Wednesday and as we move forward here. Now to quickly recap the games that took place since our last coaches show, of course, previous to the ETSU game, uh, a Mercer game that was kind of a reverse. You jump out big on Mercer. Um, I thought they coming in that Mercer probably had a little psychological advantage coming in because you guys put them back on your heel on their heels in the conference opener down in Macon. They wanted some retribution. They had Neftali Alvarez playing who did not play in that first meeting. Um, the fact that you guys kind of rocked them early, even though they came back and you kind of had to hang on, Mercer was one of the, 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 the I think, kind of the sexy picks in the preseason polls to maybe be top three or even better in the conference. And they've had their struggles, but they had turned it around 
And that, I think, in retrospect, is a bigger win that we may be thinking about right now. Yeah, they're all huge, but that one right there, you know, our guys know who was picked. You know, those things bother them. Um, you know, so who was more motivated? You know, you know, you can debate that. Uh, but we we uh, we obviously sputtered a little bit down in Charleston and, and got away from our foundation of what can't infiltrate our deal, our house that we built. And uh, I thought you saw a real spirited bunch committed to those simple things that are controllables for us. And our play follows, you know, Jim, if we commit to those things, our play follows. And we weren't able to sustain it for, for as long as I would have wanted or our team would have wanted, but we made enough plays to get out of there with a win. And like you said, they're all big, but that one especially was a, was a huge one for us. So three and one since our last coaches show right now, the record 11 and five, and most importantly, eight and two in the Southern Conference. When we come back after a quick timeout, we will look ahead. We'll talk about the conference situation with the big four. Seems like we talk about it every year. All log jammed there at the top. That coming up next as the Jay McCauley show rolls on. And welcome back to the Jay McCauley show brought to you by RJ Rockers. We move ahead I love saying this. I know it's my biggest cliche. There's never a bad time to be in first place. And uh, as of this taping, Wofford's in first place. And uh, you got a pesky BMI team coming in um, with not much turnaround. And, and you got into the scouting report right after the ETSU win. VMI will be locked and loaded and probably ready for some payback after you guys needed a Storm Murphy buzzer beating three to beat them in Lexington. You admire the way they play. You admire the way that the, the Dan Earl coaches. What do you expect Wednesday night at Jerry Richardson Indoor Stadium? Yeah, if, if you recall, Jim, you asked me a question who I think is uh, one of the most dangerous teams on our first episode. And this was before, you know, where everyone picked VMI to be one of the, you know, ninth or 10th. And I just said, I think they're a top team in the league. And certainly they've been on a tear. They're right in the mix with everybody else. Uh, you know, they, they pose a lot of problems uh, in terms of a system that's predicated on experience, timing, rhythm, and a lot of skill. So in a short prep, you know, we got to prioritize what, we, uh, what we've got to try to stop and be about and be connected on the defensive end. And our guys, as you saw last night, were highly motivated to get started with that. And, uh, you know, we'll be highly motivated tomorrow to, uh, to go out there and compete with them, uh, with a team that I respect a lot and obviously a program that's coached the right way. Yeah, Greg Parham obviously had a big game in that first meeting. He's been SoCon player of the week twice, but, but they're not a one-man team. I, I think Jake Stevens has really improved. We, we saw a lot of parts and pieces um, – admire their style. Uh, I hope yeah. they come up short again. Um, but in terms of the physical turnaround, um, oh, you know, you, you have to guard against overloading the guys with too much info, keeping them off their feet. You know, I, I think we have four games in eight days. What kind of steps are you guys taking to keep all that in the back of your mind? Yeah, it's, it's funny. Uh, coaches want to cram in info and, you know, then you got another, voice on the other part of your shoulder saying less is more, you know, and I've, I've had a lot of mentors that have kind of changed that for me. And we've got to be about what we're, we're going to be about what we're consistent with. And sure. There's some things you've got to set your jaw to with VMI and what the problems they pose, but 
you know, listen, our guys last night at 11 o'clock are in Norma Tech, you know, ice sleeves and uh, resting their legs and they're on their computers trying to do the homework. And we got a bunch of pros in our locker room with pro mentality. And uh, they want to have a lot of info thrown at them. We'll see what sticks on the wall. And uh, we'll try to get as much as we can without overloading those guys. So Wednesday night, home against VMI. And then you get, hey, look at that, two days off. Uh, before your next game and it's a big one obviously at Furban Timmins Arena uh doesn't matter with this when these two teams meet doesn't matter if there's fans in the stand it, it it is for for all the bragging rights all the marbles and another battle perhaps for first place in the conference I know you guys know this as a coaching staff but do you have to guard at all against looking past the key debts because that paladin game is such a big one every time yeah, I, I think our guys are, you know, really focused on VMI. Um, obviously, there's, there's, oh, you're always battling against outside influences and external factors, right, Jim? And we're, we're trying to talk about that. Like I said, after the Citadel game, I thought we allowed some things to impact us in our play and our, our thought process, our psyche, and uh, that can never be impacted. So talking about that last night of, you know, we, we did not – do the things we wanted to do up in Lexington the first go around and they're going to be even more spirited and more connected. And uh, we've got to be better. And I know our guys are mature enough and have been through the wars enough already this season to know we can't, we can't overlook anybody. We're not that type of team. So it's the next game. It's the next challenge. And it's another opportunity to be thankful to play and prepare for another team and a good team in VMI. Well, I know you're focused on that game. Certainly. Um, fans, media, people like me, we you know, we, we, we love to skip ahead. Have you had a chance to watch much of Furman and, and Bob Ritchie's bunch? And, uh, yeah. they obviously they're, they're probably the most experienced team in the league. If nothing, yeah. if nothing more. Yeah. Terrific outfit down there and, uh, won a lot of ball games. Um, so, you know, naturally you, you, you scout a lot of teams in preparation for your opponents. We have not played Furman, obviously, but we've seen a lot of their games in preparation for other teams. So, you know, they present a whole nother couple issues and challenges that, uh, you know, it's a, it's a puzzle for each team that you play and you got to prioritize what those, those things are uh, to give yourself the best chance. So right now we're focusing on how to guard a really talented VMI bunch and then uh, we'll move our eyes towards the paladins here in a few days yeah and then obviously going down the road since it'll be a while before we have a another coach's show right now you look at the conference the top four all with two losses apiece but the key scenario right now is Wofford's got more wins eight wins the ETSU's got seven UNCG's got six and Furman's sitting there at five and two at some point the rescheduling has to work in your favor. Well, maybe not has to, we never know what's going to happen, but the fact that you're stacking wins early, look, we don't know if we're going to be in a regular Wednesday, Saturday rotation after all this, or whether the other teams are going to get jammed up just like Wofford is jammed up now. But as you look at that conference situation, do you feel confident that, that, that we're going to get in the amount of same amount of games for each team, or is that just up to, other forces right now yeah you know whether it's unfortunate or fortunate uh that's not up to me to decide you know and um you know for us obviously we're scheduled to play 18 games not everybody is right now and 
how the league makes that a fair deal or not, you know, we'll, we'll see how they decide to do that. But I have my own opinions on the matter, uh, but I'm just one of the, one of the coaches in the group. And uh, thankfully, you know, we've said this all along and we can't change that now, Jim is we've got to get games in, you know, we got to be thankful to play and uh, the rest will take care of itself. And those that worry about those things all the time uh, can drive yourself crazy and really distract you from what's ahead of you at the moment. So it's a, it's a situation that's just unique. You know, it's a unique, nobody has the right answer. Everybody's got disadvantages and advantages in their own set of variables of why they think this and why they think that. But if we can just keep taking it one game at a time and play, I know we're three games ahead of everybody right now in terms of amount of games played, you know, hopefully that's a good thing on the back end for us. All right, well said. When we come back on the Coach Jay McCauley Show, a look inside the Wofford coaching staff. Yeah, you know, Jay Jay gets all the headlines, man. Jay gets all the pub, but as a former longtime assistant, you know how hard these guys work. So we're going to reintroduce you to the coaching staff that came back intact last year. That's coming up next on the Jay McCauley Show, brought to you by RJ Rockers. All right, welcome back to the Coach Jay McCauley Show. Jay was a grad assistant, a, a lonely guy cutting up highlights and tapes for, for years. And then obviously he's worked himself up to the uh, the head coaching position at, at Wofford. I know every coach knows how hard assistant coaches work. And without much fanfare, your entire staff from your first year came back intact for your second year. How big was that, Jay, to have that continuity? Huge, uh, very big. Uh, you know, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, get the guys on the bus that I wanted and uh, that I know believe in me and what we're going to do here and what we want to do here moving forward. And uh, I wanted great family men and guys of character to get us through, you know, difficult times and good times and be great teachers. And uh, certainly I didn't anticipate a pandemic. Nobody did, but that's where this is paying off, Jim, in the biggest way is having men of character uh, really help navigate this thing with me uh, and our team. I rely on them a lot, uh, and I tell them this all the time before games. I got the best staff in the country. Whether we win or lose, I truly feel that way. They got great energy. They're awesome teachers, and our players love them to death. And they got to wear many hats, Jim. I mean, not every place uh, is asking their guys to do everything academically, athletically, organizing things, washing practice gear. They got, they got to do it all. And there's no excuses, you know, and nobody complains. Everybody covers for each other. And it's really a cool environment to be around. I think our players feed off that. And uh, very lucky to have them and uh, thankful that they stuck around uh, for my second year. Hopefully we can keep around for a couple more. All right. Since he's the lone holdover from the previous administration, I'm going to go first with Will Murphy, even though I think he might be the youngest, we really should go age before yeah. beauty, but Will, like you just said, wears a lot of hats. I think he handles social media. I, every time I come into the gym, the guys put together a scouting report or teaching and, and, and teaching is, is almost a better description than coaching. Sometimes talk about Will and, and the various hats that he wears his responsibilities. Gifted coach, man, gifted coach. 
incredible bright future. He, he is going to be a hell of a head coach someday. And uh, he cares a lot. He's always prepared. He's the smartest guy. I mean, you, you put all of our coaches together. He's smarter than all of us combined. And uh, <laughs> always loving the off season. My wife and I like to go with uh, Will and Pearson, his beautiful wife. And he, he carries us in the trivia game at trivia night. So, He's a heck of a ball coach. The guys love him to death. He's always energetic uh, and pumping confidence into guys. And, you know, he's coached a lot of good guards. He's in charge of our point guards and combos. Storm Murphy's improved a heck of a heck of a lot here his last four years. And uh, all those combos before him, Fletcher McGee, Nathan Hoover, he's had a big influence on those guys. So very grateful for Will. Dwight Perry, of course, in his second year on staff. Um, if I have to pick somebody for a pickup game, I'm picking Dwight. But his contributions <laughs> and the way he relates, and that's nothing against, you know, you guys. I mean, you guys still got game. A little bit of game, but you guys still got game. But Dwight just relates so well to all the players. I, I, I love just talking to him before the game because it's an incredible ability to keep guys loose and focused at the same yeah. time. And Dwight has that gift. Very much so. And that's another component. I want guys that played that can relate, you know, and that love the game and know what it's like in the dog days of January and February, where maybe me as a coach, I get so bogged up, bogged down with, uh, I got to be prepared. We got to get this in. Hey, coach, they, they need a day, you know, and uh, the players feed off him. And you want to talk about a talented coach. This guy's got it. He's got the whole deal the trifecta. Uh, he can relate. He can really teach and motivate guys. And he's smart as all get out. And, uh, you know, to add a guy played that knows the Southern Conference and has a tremendous future in our, in our business, uh, we're very fortunate to have him. And, uh, you know, him and his beautiful wife and beautiful family, obviously having them around as much as possible, you know, that's a big deal for our guys as well. And uh, very fortunate for to have Dwight. I think you told us in the past that Dwight was your first call when you you got the job as head coach. Paul Hemrick may have been already on on, on hold as well because I know you worked with Paul at Gardner Webb and thought thought very highly of him. He he seems to focus with our big guys um, yeah. and, and teaching those double post moves and everything we see that Messiah Jones and BJ Mack and everybody else are doing underneath. Talk about Paul and, and his areas of expertise. Well, to, to kind of go back to your point about Dwight, uh, our staff is probably on ice bags 24 seven because they've had to play a lot more this year. And uh, Paul's had to play the posts I mean, the guy's doing scatter reports with ace bandages around his wrists and ice bags on his shoulders and getting MRIs that I don't know about. And Elise is telling me that, that he's, he's going to see our Dr. Kana. You know, he, he, this guy, this guy pours everything he's got into this thing. And when you guys see our team play really hard, it's because of guys like Coach Hemrick that give everything they have coming in on off days, working with guys, extra film, showing that he really cares, not just in a basketball sense, but off the court. You know, the guy's truly invested, and he's won everywhere he's been. Uh, so to add another winner, tough guy, family man, his family and uh, 
you know, my little, my little girls are always together in the off season and during games. And it's just great to have the Hemricks here. They're just, a, they're, they're a great addition to what we do. And I know our players feel the same way. And yeah, we're going to have to put a few more pounds on that guy. If he's going to be uh, banging in the paint like that, I'm going to have to have a conversation with him because, you know, if you're looking to put some weight on guy, me and Tom Henson, we're your, we're your men. We can point him in the right direction. And of course, no team operates without a great support staff. And you've really got one. You've got Adam Sweeney, who's a special assistant to the head coach, strength coach, AJ Kerr, trainer, Elise Hart, your managers, who it's probably the most unglorified job in all of sports. You got to have the whole puzzle for things to work, don't you? Got to. Got to have everyone pulling their own weight. No jobs too small. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm very fortunate to have the staff that I do. And Coach Sweeney, man, he is, he is the, uh, he's the wild card under, underneath all this. He, he does so much for our program. Such a talented coach. And there's not a thing that he doesn't impact for our team. Uh, with confidence for guys, helping guys, organizing things. Just a man of many hats that's going to be a tremendous coach as he moves forward in this thing. And they're all going to be head coaches one day, and that's that's what I like to see in, in a staff. That's how I wanted to be a head coach. I wanted to know everything. I wanted to be involved in everything. And Coach Sweeney and his wife are uh, incredible additions to that. And A.J. Kerr and his wife, A.J.'s a rock star. He, he is a – constantly thinking about how can we gain an edge physically, mentally, hydration, sleep, always, always with me. I lean on him heavily for all that. And he's on the cutting edge of everything. He's always reading on the bus while everybody's sleeping. He's reading, learning, okay, improving his craft. That speaks a lot, you know, to, to, the, to the people I got on my bus of always wanting to learn and, and trying to find a way to make our program better. And at least heart, God bless her soul. I mean, She's had to deal with testing guys every day, getting up at 7 a.m., doing things she's never had to do for the, you know, the protection of our team. And uh, she's a big deal, and so are the student managers. Uh, you see them behind our bench. There's no one more energetic or more invested. They're walking on eggshells around our team because of the protocols. They don't want to screw anything up, and they're just as committed as our players and our staff. It takes the whole village and uh, very, very happy with our program. Yeah, and important to point out, Whopper, the only Southern Conference program that has not had a COVID-related shutdown. That loud sound is me knocking on wood to keep it that way. But credit goes to the staff, the players. It's hard to be disciplined in a college environment, and we've seen a lot of schools have some problems. So as you said, I second kudos to everybody involved. And you add it all up. First place in the Southern Conference. Onward and upward, Jay. We can't wait to get back on the court. The beauty of this crazy schedule is we don't have to wait too long. So, as always, thanks for your time, and we will see you uh, on the hardwood before too long. Thank you, Jim. All right. That is head coach Jay McCauley. And once again, I'm Jim Noble. Thank you so much for watching the Coach Jay McCauley Show. We'll be back next week with Wofford women's coach Jimmy Garrity. They're coming off a big win as well. So for Jay McCauley, I'm Jim Noble saying so long till next time.